0: I'm DeWitt Binger. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become so on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen, of your constitutional rights, provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because we have one more of my wonderful HCC students, As they talk criminal justice and social justice while developing their communication, problem solving, critical thinking and technological skills. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to some and present to others, Mr. Logan Freeman. Welcome to the show, Logan. Hi, how you doing? Just a reminder to our audience, all my students must appear on the podcast as it counts as 100 points of their grade. That said, I promised Logan that I would not take away any points for the lack of diversity of thought as the person he was partnered with before the semester started ended up dropping the class. All right, so before we get into and allow you to introduce yourself, Logan, let's do what I call check it in. What I mean by that is, you actually had seven assignments, two tests thus far, and you are doing quite well. And so I want to just ask you, how are things going for you this semester?
1: Well, things are actually going a lot better than I'd planned. Um, so, I mean, what can I say? Everything's going great.
0: Awesome. Very good. And so you have you had any problems locating assignments or understanding How things are uploaded and situated on Canvas, the learning management
1: system? No, sir. Everything's been very spot on.
0: All right. And how many credit hours are you taking this semester?
1: Uh, I want to say nine. I'm taking three classes. So, yeah, nine. All right. Very good. The title of today's episode,
0: simply put, is sentencing. That part of the criminal justice system where an individual is given a sanction. By the judge. Segment one. Segment one is for the educational occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplish this by having our guests introduce themselves. So, if you would, Logan, tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, what you plan to major in, why you enrolled in the course, and give us one career goal.
1: All right. I was born, and raised right here in Bloomington, normal, um, and I was actually homeschooled throughout my junior high and high school experience. Um, my major right now, I'm, I'm undeclared. I'm not really sure what I want to do. Still exploring a couple of options. I enrolled in the class because, well, for one, I kind of wanted to enhance my knowledge on the entire system of itself because I didn't really understand it at all. Um, and career goal, well, right now, since I don't really have one, I guess it's just like to move out and make myself my own person. That is so
0: awesome, Logan. I actually have been telling everybody for the past 26 years that I have been teaching that if you are undecided, Mr. Bingham is going to direct you in the direction of criminal justice. So get ready for it, brother. You may not go in that direction, but I'm going to be trying to influence you, man, because criminal justice needs good people like you, Logan Freeman. (laughs) And... I am really intrigued. I never have had this conversation in the year and a half that I've been podcasting and have had it a part of my introduction to criminal justice class. But I'm intrigued by the fact that not only were you homeschooled through your junior high years, but you say that you were homeschooled through your high school. And so I have never had to ask this question, but how was it for our audience's understanding being educated via homeschool
1: um see it wasn't very um different per se I still took all the same classes it's just more of at my pace if that makes sense because I definitely learn differently than a lot of other people I'm very hands-on um and just not a lot of schools offer a lot not a lot of public schools I should I should rephrase offer uh an experience as hands-on as I got. So I got to learn at my own pace and really enhance the way I take things in, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely, it makes sense, man. I actually have been on the board of directors for a program called McLean County Youth Build. And a lot of things that they do is hands-on. As a matter of fact, the very first home that the Youth Build program built, I actually purchased and I still live in it. And part of that program is exactly what you're talking about. Many people would ask, how do you go about becoming socially apt and not socially inept because you're being homeschooled and you're not actually in a public setting with other uh, individuals? How did you actually get the social aspect while being homeschooled?
1: so i had um i'm lucky so i had a couple of ways um one i go to church every sunday so i got to meet people there and two um we have in bloomington normal there's a couple of co-ops now what co-ops are are a bunch of homeschoolers who get together and essentially make their own curriculum which is very very handy when it comes to my situation so, and a lot of other people learned the same way I did. And so I had my own kind of like group of homeschoolers that we all did the same thing together at and learned together.
0: Wonderful, man. Awesome, Logan. All right, let's move on to second segment two. Segment two, constitutional right. Logan, have you ever seen the movie Marshall?
1: It sounds really familiar. I don't think I have though. All
0: right. It's a movie about the greatest attorney, lawyer. And judge to ever walk the face of the earth. And for me, as an African American, won the biggest case in history, and that was Brown versus the Board of Education. When we talk about schooling, that movie is based on the life of a man named Thurgood Marshall and a real case he took on as an attorney for the NAACP. In that movie, He makes a wonderful statement to a reporter's question about Walter White, who at the time was the CEO of the NAACP, and he suggested that it is impossible for an African-American to receive a fair trial at that time. Marshall states, and I quote, hasn't it been proven in this courtroom already? How can a man have a fair trial when he is denied counsel of his choice? When members of his race are eliminated from the service on his jury. When fear and bias against his race are the central points in the case against him. In Europe right now, the forces of tyranny are mobilizing behind division of a so-called master race. Here in America, our differences aren't supposed to matter. Here, we're promised equal protection under the law. Nothing complicated about that. That promise has not been realized, not even close, not in Birmingham, Alabama, not in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and certainly not here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Your bigotry is simply colored by a northern accent, but a fair jury can always deliver a just verdict. That's what we're striving for here today. The Constitution was not written for us. We know that, but no matter what, we're going to make it work for us. From now on, we claim it as our own. And the crowd just goes crazy in the movie, Logan. And so that said, what is your favorite constitutional right? Probably
1: the fourth one. Okay. I just feel like if that, the Fourth Amendment, if that got defunded or deleted, it would just be chaos. So, I mean... The search and seizure like that could it could just go for anything. Like, say you were dating a police officer and you you broke up with that police officer. They could just be like, well, I don't like them. And I have in quotations the right to search your stuff because I think you have something on you and just upturn their house for no reason. I mean, that's a completely different level of bias like that's That'd be crazy.
0: Yeah. The Fourth Amendment would protect you if there was a situation where there was a breakup with a police officer.
1: Yeah, that that is a very specific example, but. <laughs> no, no, you're exactly right.
0: If a police officer for some reason actually ha- held a grudge against somebody that they had a relationship with, and as a result of that, they began to target an individual, the Fourth Amendment will protect you from that targeting. If, if I'm reading what you're saying.
1: Correct. Yeah, no, exactly right.
0: Awesome. Very good. It's a very important uh, constitutional right. And we want the American citizen to know that they have a right to a legal search and seizure. It protects you as a citizen. Again, the title of this episode is Sentencing. Let's provide our audience with some important information regarding the sentencing phase of the court process. The sentencing phase is separate. From the trial phase. Any idea why the
1: trial and sentencing phase is separated? Not entirely, because I feel like they, they both happen at least relatively close to each other.
0: That is so true.
1: Historically
0: speaking, you had trial courts distributing harsh sentences without the defendant having an opportunity to provide the court with mitigating factors.
1: Any idea what a mitigating factor is? Fact or circumstances that like lessens the severity of the act right
0: absolutely very good Logan and is that particular aspect whereby the court can take into consideration all the good things that an individual has done in their life like gotten an education maybe graduated with a four-year degree is employed and has been employed successfully employed for 10 15 20 years has been an upstanding citizen. Uh, in the community up until the point of committing their law violation. So those are all positive things. And so as a result, like you said, that's some things that the court can consider. So it became two phases to give the court an opportunity to receive not only those mitigating factors, but also those aggravating factors as well, which are those factors that are negative against the defendant. So that is one It is purposefully separated from the trial phase. Second, there are different philosophies that the court can draw upon. Deterrence, rehabilitation, restorative justice. So let's just talk about those. Deterrence has general deterrence and specific deterrence. Can
1: you tell us anything about deterrence? Well, the general deterrence is the effective legal punishment like on the general public and specific is you're right. Whenever a judge gives
0: out a sentence, one of the things that the court is trying to do is trying to tear the general public. And so we call that general deterrence. And at the same time, the court is trying to deter the individual who actually has committed the crime. We call that specific deterrence. Very good. And then rehabilitation. What do you think the court is trying to do when they prescribe to rehabilitation philosophy?
1: They're trying to change the mindset of the said criminal back to the good side of things like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have committed that act or and such and so forth.
0: Excellent. When we talk about rehabilitation, we're trying to change the way an individual thinks. You're exactly right, Logan. What learning theory tells us is is that if you can change the way an individual thinks, then perhaps their behavior will follow. Very good. And then you have restorative justice, which focuses on the victim. And we can't forget about in the criminal justice system, those who have been perpetrated against or who have had crimes committed against them. All right. There are mainly two sentencing models. Any idea what those are? Intermediate range
1: and the determinate range?
0: Okay, yes. We we call that determinate sentencing and indeterminate sentencing. And determinate sentencing is the type of sentencing that the state of Illinois has. Illinois has a type of sentencing whereby the judge will give an individual a flat rate, like five years or 10 years. And then in the state of Illinois, depending on how serious the crime is, The offender will get day for day if they are committed to prison, whereas in a state like Missouri, you have indeterminate sentencing whereby the judge will give a range like five to 10 years or 10 to 15 years. And the prison system will determine how many years an individual serves. Then you have mandatory sentencing, which is kind of like a determinate sentencing. It calls for an individual to serve a majority of their sentence or strict application of a full sentence. Then in Illinois, you have what we call Habitual Offender Law, which is designed to give repeat offenders a harsher sentence. So once an individual violates the law, if they violate a second time or a third time, then under the Illinois Habitual Offenders Law, that individual subjects themselves to a harsher penalty. All right, let's talk about the death penalty, Logan. Do you believe in the death penalty, Ooh, see that's
1: such a that's such a hard question. (laughs) Um, I personally, I don't think so. Okay, Um, I think if you do something very wrong, that you should be able to live out that sentence and live with that guilt. I don't think you should be able to escape that guilt.
0: Okay, all right. There's two cases I want to cite regarding sentencing. Number one is Furman versus Georgia, which was 1972 case. The United States Supreme Court. at that time suspended the death penalty. And then Greg versus Georgia was a 1976 case, which reallowed the use of the death penalty through a bifurcated trial process, which made it fair. And so when we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, how you had those mitigating and aggravating factors and how the trial phase was separated from the sentencing phase. Well, Greg played a big part in that. And I mentioned Good Marshall at the beginning of the podcast as well. He never believed in the death penalty because prior to Greg versus Georgia, the death penalty was unfairly distributed to African-American men or black men. And that's the significance of Greg versus Georgia. It actually allowed uh, offenders not to be sentenced so quickly and to. Have the court take in those mitigating, aggravating factors, and it became fair. The great case helped bring about the two phases, trial and sentencing phases, and allowed the court to consider what we mentioned earlier, aggravating and mitigating circumstances. All right, let's move on to segment three, being a voice for change. As an emerging adult who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say Logan about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter?
1: Well, um, I feel like it's very obvious that white supremacy still exists. Um, I feel like it's very well known, um, especially at the recent incident in Hartland. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that by now. You know, you yeah. know Logan, I had not heard
0: about it until uh, two of your classmates mentioned it on last week's podcast. They actually brought it to my attention what exactly happened. I got the email from the president, but I had no idea that a flyer was actually put on the windshield of cars that actually talked about or was implying that one should believe in white supremacy. Yeah, it was, it was wild. It was crazy. (laughs) Couldn't believe my eyes. Okay. All right. And what about black lives matter?
1: Yeah, I support it. Um, maybe not all the riots that happened a while ago, but like, why shouldn't any life let like matter less than mine? Like that doesn't make any sense. Like,
0: Awesome. Very good, Logan. All right. Let's talk about a couple of other social issues. Because one of the things, one of the reasons why I like to talk about social issues is so that students come to understand that you can't have criminal justice without social issues, because it it is the social ills that a lot of times drives individuals to violate the law. And so in your pre-survey. You actually state that college should not be free. Tell us
1: why you believe that. All right. So I feel like it would be a lot of just for one, stress on the teachers Two, where would the money that we pay the teachers come from, because for one, either our taxes would shoot through the roof or two other programs of the government would have to like be not defunded, but get less income so we'd have less stuff if that makes sense. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Very good. Uh, is this your
0: first semester, Logan, at Heartland?
1: Yeah. Uh this is actually my 5th, I want to say. Okay. All right. So you are basically a
0: sophomore then. Yes. Okay. And the reason I asked that is because I don't know if I'll actually actually play this in the podcast, but we'll see how it goes. But I wanted to I wanted to ask you that to ask you if you actually applied for loan forgiveness?
1: Uh, I don't think I have, no.
0: Okay, all right. Oh, you would know because... Okay, then I definitely... (laughs) if if, (laughs) if If you had taken out a loan, you would know that the Biden administration passed law that states that you can actually have your... Student loan forgiven up to $20,000. And I'll never forget, Logan, my third episode, I have my daughter and two of her classmates on who actually graduated from my undergrad alma mater. And one of them said, Well, if the president actually forgives my loan, he got my vote for the next presidency. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about it, Logan, is, is that to be honest with you, I actually owed like $15,000 still on my daughter's to paying for my daughter's education. Mm. And so I actually completed the form today. And so, you know, Mr. Bingham is doing a happy dance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so It's a really hard one. As much as I'd love for it to be free, like that would just be fantastic. I just don't know where all the funding would come from. You know, it's just too many unknowns for me.
0: All right. Very good. All right. Uh, Another one that you mentioned on your pre-survey that I really like is that you said that we should make it easy for everyone that has the right to vote to be able to vote. Tell us why.
1: I think everyone should have a say, at least partial say of what goes on in this country. Like if you're a citizen, you should obviously be able to vote. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. All right. So
0: every town and city, you are saying that if an individual can legally vote, they should actually make it easier for them to be able to cast their vote.
1: Essentially, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say, in lack of a better word.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Very good. All right. And then finally... I mentioned one of the things that I'm happy about that the Biden administration (laughs) accomplished. What is one thing that you would like to see the Biden administration accomplish?
1: Well, I think this this was a very tricky question. because I had a lot of things going through my mind when I fill out this question. Um, One, I really think we should take a look at our own economy before we try and branch out and fix other things like before getting involved with the russian ukraine war i think we need to take a second and look at ourselves because what i really want to happen is i think the u.s should be our start to change a voice for change for global warming i think that is a crazy issue that we the entire world needs to really focus on at this point in time it actually goes back to saying uh check yourself before you wreck yourself (laughs) if we can't fix ourselves first. How are we going to help others? Like that doesn't make sense.
0: Awesome. So you actually believe that climate change is a very important thing. I do. Yes. Awesome. Very good, Logan. All right. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, sentencing models, sentencing philosophies, important constitutional rights, and what can be done to make America a better place to live until next time keep living your best life god bless and god speed